Welcome back to Art Supply Insiders. My name is Jeff Morrow, and today we're talking with Brett Bryan, who's the general manager of Alvin. Brett, how are you doing today? Great, Jeff. Thanks for the opportunity to come on and talk to you. Well, I appreciate you coming on and, and talking to all of our artists and crafters. Can you first tell me a little bit about Alvin, who they are, the types of products they manufacture? Yes, Alvin has been around since 1950. That's when the company got started. Uh, it's actually named after its founder, Alvin Shoham. Mm. And Al was stationed in Germany after the war. Uh, he was actually in Nuremberg while the trials went on, and he ran the mm. base PX. And one of the interesting things was he found the towns around there were creating great precision drafting tools. That's kind of what that area was known for. And he had an opportunity to ship some back to his brother, Mort. Uh, Mort brought it around to some schools. And then there was real excitement because these were high-quality things that you couldn't get out of Germany at the time because we had embargoes. Uh, and they were made so well by hand. Mm. And, you know, that German engineering is true oh, all yeah. the way through today. They yep. care about precision. So that was the start. They got started. They met some families in Germany. Some of those relationships survived till today, third generation. And we still, all our compasses and a lot of our stuff is from Germany and uh, Poland is where a lot of our precision instruments are still made. So the company grew from there. They came back to Connecticut, where we were based out of, uh, grew the business. Obviously, that was huge at the time to drawing and drafting. I mean, anything that was designed at the time was drawn by hand from the mm -hmm. 60s Mustang to the lunar module, uh, right up on through New York City buildings and bridges. All of those things were drawn by hand up until the late 70s when computers really swept in with CAD and design, the 80s, the 90s. And Alvin kind of took a back seat with the drawing tools. They were kind of relegated to teaching uh, as teaching tools. And the other thing that is that people started to co-opt them for lots of different arts. So it was a really interesting thing. Along with that, um, Alvin became a distributor of art supplies. They were already in the art stores in an aisle. Mm. So they kind of became that third choice after McPherson and SLS. Yeah. And they really grew into through the 90s and 2000s to being that third distributor um, of art supplies, especially on the East Coast. Um, and, you know, I think by the time they were ready to be done in 2020, they had 20, 25,000 SKUs. So we take it up to 2020. The company survived 72 years. Uh, we were on the second generation owner, Scott, which was Al's son. And, you know, he was at retirement age. His kids uh, had gotten into different careers. They weren't going to come run the business. And, you know, I think Scott was thinking about retirement and how he was going to do that. And then the pandemic hit us. And it really hurt Alvin because we're a school-based business. I mean, we are selling yeah. school supplies to bookstores on college campuses we did a huge kit business where we were doing everything from, you know, painting kits to drafting kits on down the line. I mean, literally thousands of schools depended on us. Now, all those schools closed their doors. Yeah. I mean, everybody went off campus and online and you do not need a kit when you're working online. That's in person. So and, you know, that was very difficult. Uh, to survive the year. And Scott, again, was ready to retire. So he saw it as an opportunity to kind of say, I can close up the shop on my terms. We weren't forced out of business. There wasn't any pressure on him. It was just he felt it was time. Um, he had some conversations with some other companies about 
uh, you know, how the transition would work. But ultimately, he wanted to be done by September. Uh, so he chose it and, and did that. Subsequently, the company, you know, he liquidated everything at auction. So a lot of that product in the warehouse got, you know, sold to its longtime customers. And then an interesting thing happened, Jeff. A company called Ascendant, based out of Utah, came in and purchased the IP, which is the trademark, all the Mm. relationships, uh, and the rights to produce all the products. And that's where we are today. Um, They hired me. I worked for Alvin for five years. And then Ascendant came along and gave me the opportunity to come in with them to rebuild this business. And it is super exciting uh, Mm. because we are now super refocused on what Alvin means. You know, we've let go of the distributed goods and the art distribution, and we are back to kind of the way Alvin was in the 60s. Wow, that's, that sounds exciting. So tell me a little bit about the the types of products. I was looking over your line. Uh, I know a lot of our audience uses cutting mats. Tell me a little bit about, about that line. Yep, the cutting mats are our claim to fame. We've been selling them since early 70s. I mean, there used to be more of a plasticine type of mat in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. But somewhere along the travels, Alvin found a company out of uh, Taiwan that really made an excellent product because it was multi-layered and then it also had something that made it flexible so they're our partner and they have been for um, almost 50 years in this cutting mat that self-heals the nice Mm. thing about it is any anybody who's using anything to cut upon it's perfect to because when you make a nice clean cut it seals itself up right behind it Mm. and you're not cutting your surface you're not cutting uh, where you don't want to. And now it's been used by so many people in so many different ways. I see it under people who are making fabrics. I see them under 3D printers. Uh, I see them with people who just want a nice surface to put things down on. Um, I see people throw their wallet and their keys on it at the end of the day. They've got one on their nightstands. They're great under a computer. They work just like a, a mouse pad would for uh, you know something. So listen, they've got a ton of uses they've been co-opted by crafters makers Mm. and again originally they were designed for architects who were going to do scale modeling so it was where you cut your balsa wood your foam core and you'd glue your models together and again i still see tons of that as i uh travel around and have conversations with people they've had mats for 20 years Uh, the other thing is we make them all the way from three inches three by five all the way up to four feet by eight feet so, oh my goodness. You know, we kind of make this yeah, we we make the smallest and the largest mats in the marketplace. Now, are there a different types of mats that our, our audience should know about where they're inexpensive and expensive? I mean, what what how do you tell what the differences are? Usually it's the material that it's made from. Our GBM line, which is stands for green black mat cuz one side's green, one side's black. You know, very flexible. You can even when you pick it up and it's very heavy because it's like I said, very dense. It's a very dense vinyl product. Right. Uh, we also sell some less. We sell a three ply, which we call more of a hobby mat. That might be mm. something that you know is more less expensive. You can mm. paint on it. You can and then toss it when when it's kind of served its function. Mm. Uh, we also have a translucent mat, which used to be really big with photography when you used to put the mat onto a light box so you right. could see your negatives. You could cut film. Um, that was very important. That is not so much the case now. I think people still buy it because it's aesthetically pleasing because it's, you know, it's white. Uh, it's like a yep. white, clear color. But that's a single 
piece of vinyl. That's not a layered piece. Is that his self-healing also? Yep. It's definitely self-healing. It is not as good as the green black mat. I mean, that's the type of thing that uh, literally I was cutting paper an hour ago and the razor runs right through it and it leaves no mark behind. It's uh, and it, no it just it lasts forever. It's a, it's a great surface. No kidding. Now, talking about surfaces, I know lighting up the area is really important. And I know Alvin sells some lighting options. Can you kind of go through some of that for us? Actually, Alvin has discontinued its lighting uh, department. Oh, is that right? I mean, as and its furniture. Those were two of the things that uh, we decided not to pursue at this juncture. We, we'd actually love to find a partner to kind of bring some of the top uh, Alvin furniture back into the marketplace. But right now we're focused on the small, we're focused on drawing and drafting. Um, furniture is okay. a big game. You have to buy a boatload of furniture and you store do. it. Uh, and it's very expensive. Um, and we've kind of left that for, again, other places to fill in those holes. Uh, we'd love to see a high-end model like we used to carry come back into the market. Because if a professional says, you know, I need a, ta- a $2,000 table, this is something I work on all day long. We're talking about right. illustrators, people who do cartooning, uh, again, professional drafters who are really mm. working on uh, large services. You have to go over to Europe. Our partner was in Europe that made the, the drafting tables. But okay. uh, we, that leaves a bit of a hole in the top end of the market. Uh, so, and the same thing with the lighting. Uh, we had some great lights we sold for a long period of time, but that relationship, uh, there's so much lighting in the market now. And there really quite is. frankly, it is, it's changing by the day. Uh, you know, there's really with the LEDs and how cheap they can be made, yet the quality and the fact that you can then change the color of the light to be warmer or cooler. Mm. Um, it's a great time to be an artist with the uh, the lighting options that are available to you. It really is. So, and, and now, uh, how about magnifiers? Are you guys still doing that? You know, those great big round things you look through? We did. No, I just, uh, it's funny, I had a conversation the other day. I get a lot of emails from people who have been using products for 50, 60, 70 years, and they're always looking for something they used to use. Um, Someone was looking for a reducer the other day, which was this lens that allowed you to flip it one way or the other, and it would make your drawing larger or smaller. So you could uh, kind of copy under it, and it would shoot a light down like a projector, Um, which is something that, again, was retired years ago. So no, magnifiers, we've left that to, again, other folks who are in the uh, refractory (laughs) lens business. So tell me a little bit about your line that our crafters and artists might want to come to you for. You got it. Listen, this has been the most fun for me because it's like being part of a band that has a whole catalog of awesome songs. And now I just get to show up and play the greatest hits. That's cool. Uh, That's kind of what we call the collection now. We had 1,600 unique Alvin SKUs. We're down to 400. Wow. We picked just the best of the best. Like we know what's sold. We've got the, you know, 25 years of computer details to tell us and model and say, this is really what people want. So the beauty was we could drop the student grade. We could drop the really high end line and just sweeten it right where you need to be. So there was no reason to have so much duplicity in the line that we had. Because, again, it was for lots of reasons over the years. And older companies have a tendency to collect things like stickers on your suitcase um, so, you know, on a restart with us and a, a relaunch, we were able to just focus on the drawing and drafting things that work great. And the, the fun of this has been 
finding people and that use the things for other reasons. Uh, yes. You know, we, we, we had a draftmatic pencil that feeds out lead. It's just a mechanical pencil. And I came across an artist who uses it like paint. It's like painting with graphite, and she wants just little bits of it to come out at a time. So she would just put it on the paper and then sweep it out with a, a turbulin or a brush or really? fingers. And it was fascinating to watch her work. And it was almost like feeding paint out of a tube. Um, I've come across 50 stories like this where all of a sudden I, I, it's a sculptor. It's someone who makes puppets. It's somebody who does costuming, um, fashion work, toy makers, uh, Really, all sorts of people that need to make things bigger or smaller. The reason the tools exist, honestly, are because architects do two things. They have to be creative and they have to be able to draw things up, but they also have to do all the math. So you're talking about mm -hmm. someone who's using both sides of the brain. And mm -hmm. traditionally, you've got people who are stronger on the math side, weaker on the drawing side. So all these tools exist so that architects and engineers who have the math minds can also create segments, draw hmm. that straight line, make that circle, make that curve. Now, again, a lot of it's done in the computer, but the principles are still taught analog. At the end of the day, Jeff, we're all just people. We all right. have analog hands. We all have analog ideas. We plug our analog brains into computers. Right. Um, so when teaching kids, it is best to put your hands on these things. I still know a lot of architects that draw first, because it allows you that time to think as you work. Mm. So our tools are used for all sorts of reasons. There's all sorts of uh, calligraphers or another one that we sell a ton of tools to. I never knew because they really? love to be able to make their own lines, measure things out. You know, really good calligraphy is all about the prep work, you know, creating just the right angle lines and then working right within the lines to create the perfection that they kind of seek. So our tools do a good job of Anybody who's trying to measure anything, section, segment anything. So when you say tools, what specific tools are you talking about? Uh, things like our compasses. You know, that again, a compass is a perfect way to create the circle based on the size that you need it. Uh, you know, it's measuring up. It's making anything from uh, a four-inch circle to a 40-inch circle. Mm. And, you know, that's the perfect type of thing for a woodworker who's, again, not going to create something in a computer. They have to take a pencil and put it down on the wood before they, they cut it. Uh, something like a rolling ruler. We have a ruler that you mm. can lift it up, and it's got actually wheels on the back of it. So, again, it allows you to put down a line and then roll forward so you're still on the same zero plane. Really? Uh, Oh, yeah. We have a ruler that uh, comes in six or eight sizes, and it bends to any shape you like. It's completely flexible. Uh, it's got a wire inside, and the outside is a rubberized plasticine that has graduations along it. So, again, now you've got a ruler that's not straight, but any size, any shape you need it to be. Yeah, I know a lot of our, our crafters out there are looking for things that will help them do anything but a straight line. So yep. you, you still sell uh, the triangles and, and, and do you still sell templates and things like that? Yeah, uh, triangles we still carry. Again, we've simplified the line down to kind of a, a student version and a, a couple of pro versions, a tinted version. Um, and then, yes, we still sell just the best templates. I mean, we used to have a whole catalog of maybe right. two or hundred plus. Uh, we're down to about 40. You know, we know people want to make ellipses. They want to do circles. Uh, 
And there's definitely still trade schools that use them, uh, plumbers, electricians. I mean, those guys are not going to pull out a computer in your bathroom. No. And they're trying to figure out where the pipe should go. Or if you're standing in the woods, you know, they love to be able to pull a template out, grab a piece of paper and say, I got I need two elbow joints. I need mm-hmm. this segment. Same thing with people who do electronics on the spot. You know, uh, if you're changing something in a house it needs to go from 120 to 220, you know, they will pull that out and draw right on the blueprints. So it's not so much in the architect's office now, but definitely the site engineers and the people who work uh, building things right in place still like these things. Cool. Now, um, do you still carry the big clipboards with the clips on it? I think they call them artist sketch boards. Is that something that is still a part of the line? Yeah, those have been super popular forever. I mean, every college student who took a life drawing class or a charcoal class uh, needed to have one of those to clip the big sheets to. So we carry a couple of different, um, again, styles. One of them is less expensive, great value. The other one is more of a model that you'd keep forever. It's got a mm. melamine top. But oh, wow. yeah, exactly. Same thing. You, you know, you travel from class to class. Those core ideas of how to teach art um, got it. still exists. So you used a term there that I'm not sure a lot of our audience will understand, a melamine top. What is that? Oh, when you see a white table, it's just like a hard plasticine top. Um, Mm -hmm. They call it melamine. But, you know, a white drafting table, that's the kind of top it is. Uh, Uh, Almost like formica. You know, it's a thin layer. So the inside's going to be a honeycomb to be light or it's going to be a mixed particle board to be – less expensive, or again, it's going to be solid wood. But the melamine is what they glue to the top to make it really easy to clean up spills, inks. Um, Again, I think people have always liked white because when you're working, and a lot of our tools have been designed this way, go back 40 years when there were no computers and you were working on a drawing of a house that was going to take you a month. Every tool was about keeping your workspace clean you didn't want to spill ink. You didn't want to get right. too much graphite dust, smudges. All these things were designed with that in mind, how things rolled along, how things would travel across your paper because your paper became this very important, very precious thing that you wanted to keep clean. You wanted to keep it safe. Right. Um, so a lot of our tools take those things into consideration when they're being designed as well as that white top. It's white, so you can see every little speck. You know, we sell, we still sell the horsehair brushes, and they're horsehair, so they can be the softest thing to glide over your work to just take the debris off without damaging or hurting your design, your painting, your drawing. So what is? So you said a horsehair is it just a like a, a brush? Is that what it is? Yeah, it's a hand brush. It's got a handle. We make them in three or four different sizes. No um, kidding. Again, it looks just like a, a, a broom brush that you would mop up. But again, the the natural horsehair is just, you know, it's very soft and it's easy to sweep along. But, you know, if you had something that was stiff, something that was nylon, something that was, you know, some other material, uh, it could cause damage to your drawing. So this is wow. just something that would sweep along between, you know, changing tools uh, between having your hands on the drawing for 20 minutes when you started and when you finished. I think there was a, a real rhythm to uh, drafting back yeah, in the day of how you handled things and how you planned, yep. um, which, which played right into the kind of mindset of the folks that do that. They're very thorough 
you know, yes. re- regimented when you're, and that's what you want when someone's building a building that you're going to walk <laughs> into or a house that you're going to live in. I would hope so. So um, do you guys still sell the double-sided tape and those kinds of things also? We do. Yeah. Any of the adhesives that hold down papers, drafting films, mm. uh, we still carry. Again, we shorten the line right down to the things that sell, the artist tapes, the double-sided tape uh, in a couple different sizes. Again, thinking about the student who just okay. needs 25 feet of it to get through a class versus the professional who needs 36 yards of it. And we still sell our drafting dots, which hold down the corners of papers or any substrate you're working on better than just about anything. So any products that you sell that we've missed chatting about here? No, I think the most important thing I've got going on is that our Draftmatic pencil uh, is going to be coming back in the fall, and it kind of went through some overhauls. Great uh, pencil. Our partner was Japanese. They still make the best mechanical pencils they have mm-hmm. since the 50s. Um, so do we just thought it could use a little bit of an overhaul. We want it to function the same, but we want it to look like it's from the year 2022. So <laughs> that's something I've been engaged in. But other than that, I, I think of myself as somebody who has been tasked with um, curating a collection like at a museum. Uh, I do not want to introduce a bunch of new tools. What I want to do is just continue to bring you the best tools and be the last one standing in the aisle. We know who we are. Uh, we know what we sell. We want to be the best at it. We want to be the last at it. And uh, that's kind of what we are here to, to deliver is uh, a curated collection of awesome tools that have worked for over half a century. So if our audience wants to find any of these fine Alvin products, how do they go about doing that? We have a lot of our partners back. Um, so your local art store is going to carry them. Okay. Uh, we are definitely in most places that we used to be, um, we are returning to. But the easiest place to also find us online now is Amazon. We, are in, we have a store uh, substore on Amazon. So you can oh. check us out there. Our whole line is there. And that's one of those things too, that just from a professional standpoint has become very important to us because, you know, as a lot of people know, lots of people came onto Amazon, you lose control of your brand, they chase you the do. price down. So that's become very important to us to be the only one selling it so that we can hold the price exactly where it needs to be so that we know our partners are not getting undercut and answering the question, why is this so much cheaper on Amazon than in your store? You will not have to answer that question when you're partners with us because we're there. We're policing it all the time. It's a specialty of ascendance. Mm. They've been in that space and those channels for a long period of time. And, you know, another thing we found, Jeff, is that 60% of all advertising that's done now uh, on the Internet is done through Amazon. People will go and comparatively shop there, even if they complete the sale at a local store or Mm. through another channel. They will look to see what's out there uh, and see all the details of things in Amazon space. So it's not just a place to shop, but it's a place to advertise and promote as well. So those are things that we are very engaged in. Uh, We're a small unit. And again, we've got really great tactical people at Ascendant. So it's really fun to take this young group of digitally minded people, plug them into this old analog product and see it prosper. Well, I got to tell you, this has really been time well spent, uh, Brett, and 
I thank you very, very much for being a part of our show and for uh, giving our uh, our audience out there a direction that they can go in for some of the more technical things that will help them in their process of creation. So thank you very much again. Oh, thanks for having me. Your show's great. I listen to uh, the back pods. And I again, I'm someone who loves art materials and supplies. I've been in it most of my working life. And I think this is a, a great forum. I look forward to more conversations that you have with others about art supplies. Thank you very much. And you've been listening to the Art Supply Insiders. Check back with us often as we talk about the world of art and craft supplies. Now go out and create something.